This is the morning brief from the Economic Times. Two leaves and a bud shoot, or a large one leaf and a bud shoot. A century-old tradition carried out almost entirely by women in India is a delicate plucking exercise that eventually finds its way to your morning cup of hot tea or chai. Today, our teas find itself in a delicate place and that has less to do with the terroir and more to do with trade, taking up arms and rising costs. So I genuinely feel uh, extremely empathetic towards what's what's happening in Sri Lanka. From our perspective, uh, from an India perspective, definitely it is an opportunity. That's a new age disruptor who wears his India tea brand proudly on his sleeve. The reading of the tea leaves is changing and is signaling an export opportunity brewing for the world's second largest producer, that is India. With a dominant exporter, Sri Lanka facing an acute economic crisis. You see the demand for Indian Orthodox, especially Assam Orthodox, has been gradually picking up. This year has been a revelation for quality Assam Orthodox and the auction averages are proof of this, which today are at an all-time high. Good news. The aromatic Darjeeling is trying to climb up the tea heap in the UK and the USA. The robust, full-bodied Assam again brewing cups in Russia. But will this help India step up on a global tea platform where it has missed a mention? Also, what baffles me the most, why and how did our neighbours like Sri Lanka and Kenya become bigger exporters of tea and get ahead of India even with our old history with the British Raj who planted tea in the foothills of Duars, Assam or Nilgiris after coming across this magic drink in China. Grab your chai and let's find answers from one of the biggest tea exporters whom you just heard, a tea producer and a startup that's using disruptive tech to become an omni-channel premier tea brand from India for the whole world. It's Tuesday, 28th of June and I'm your host, Pavya Dilip Kumar and you are listening to Storm in a Teacup on The Morning Brief. First off, let's understand the size of India's tea industry and where we stand globally. I spoke to Atul Astana, who is the managing director of one of the popular tea producing companies, Goodrick Group. We produce almost 1,350 million, the highest was 1,366 in 2019. Okay. That's the last normal year. Uh, normal year after that came COVID and then there was a post-COVID and now this is the, we are supposed to have a normal year again in 2022. We are hoping to have rather. Out of that 1,360 million we produce in India, we export around 220, 230. Highest export figures have been around 240 million kilos, which is a very stagnant kind of a figure. In the last 20, 25 years, we have not been able to exceed that 240 million. And the production is kept on going up. You know, It was up 20, 25 years back, it was around 900 million. Now it is uh, reaching, touching almost 1400 million at, at this point of time. So that's a worrying factor. I mean, we have not been able to increase our exports. But on the flip side, India 
is the uh, fourth largest exporter of teas after Kenya, Sri Lanka and China. China again being the largest producer exports a lot of green tea. We now have the landscape in front of us. With Sri Lanka taking a back seat, India does have a fair chance to capture new markets. But is this a momentary bump in sales? I asked one of India's biggest tea exporters, Asian Tea and Exports Director Mohit Agarwal. Sri Lanka maybe produces about 300 million kilos, which is less than a fourth of what India produces. But they, they dominate in the export markets because all the teas are up for exports. You see the demand for Indian Orthodox, especially Assam Orthodox, has been gradually picking up. This year has been a revelation for quality Assam Orthodox. And the auction averages are a proof of this, which today are at an all-time high. It is, tea is a habit. Tea is a culture. Yeah. So once you shift, it is difficult to get back that consumer. And I strongly believe that if the global consumer or a particular country gets used to drinking high-quality Assam Orthodox, they're uh, for good. It can be permanent. And there's a great opportunity here to increase our exports and give our farmers better realization. There's a catch here. When we say export of tea, we mean orthodox or leaf teas and not the CTC that is crushed tear and curl tea or the Danidar chai that we usually buy and use in our homes. From an industry point of view, CTC tea is much easier to make compared to the labor-intensive orthodox teas. Remember what I said in the very beginning? Two leaves and a bud shoot or a large one leaf and a bud shoot. This is crucial to understand because India majorly produces Dani Darchai and not orthodox tea, while Sri Lanka is the biggest supplier of orthodox tea. Out of a production of 1,344 million kilos which we produced last year, only 8.5% was orthodox. Mm. So India actually needs to scale up its orthodox manufacturing capabilities if it wants to cater to the vacuum created by lower Sri Lankan production. Okay. The demand for Indian orthodox is ever increasing. And if you don't get act right, some other country will step in and take the cake away. Opportunities for orthodoxy globally are plenty and the market is huge. As an exporter, I would say yes, the demand is there. Digitin mm-hmm. Orthodox is very well perceived and uh, well sought after in the international market. So as a producer, you need to invest and uh, change the machinery and shift to making Orthodox teas. The proof is in the remuneration. where There's a distinctly high revenue and uh, sales price of Orthodox compared to CTC today. So if it does make commercial sense to shift to orthodox, not only for the people who are capable of making orthodox, but this will also help the traditional CTC producers because there'll be less pressure on the CTC availability. However, from a producer's point of view, it's not an easy task. It takes a lot of investment. Some say it takes a capital investment of at least 500 crore rupees to 600 crores, depending on the size of the factory and the production required. And it also demands more labor. It's not like a switch you can put on and off, you know, putting orthodox. So it requires a lot of uh, expertise. Out of majorly India as a CTC producer, out of that, maybe 10% we produce orthodox. Orthodox tea, which is produced, takes a much longer time. In In orthodox production, the processing of the rolling and fermenting takes around two and a half hours. 
while in CTC, that same thing takes only one hour. And even if the producers decide to make the shift, it would take a lot of time and a reduced supply of CTC or Danedar Chai in the domestic market, which may lead to prices going up. You and me, are we ready to spend more on chai then? Remember, we spoke a little earlier about India being pushed to the fourth place in terms of exports. Even though our production is two to four times larger than what Kenya and Sri Lanka produce. Here's one of the reasons why. What happens is Kenya and uh, Sri Lanka don't drink tea domestic. There is no market for domestic tea over there. India that way is lucky because our population also is growing at around 2.5% and tea production also growing. So that it's keeping almost at pace with the population growth. Uh, last 10 years, of course, the tea production has out, outpaced the population growth. Our per capita consumption in the country is around 780 grams, which is low actually. The countries like UK and uh, Turkey and all are much above us. Turkey, I think, is around 2.5 kilograms. So what happens is even that 780 grams also ensures that we consume out of that 1350-60 million, we consume around 1100 11 and 10, uh, 10, 50, 1100 million we consume within the country and say 200 is exported. So 11 and 2, 1300. So we have, we have got a surplus of around 100 million approximately. The challenges is basically now the production has outpaced the population growth and we are not being able to inspire people to drink more tea in the country. Atul left us with a very strong and saddening note. India is not able to inspire people to drink more tea. Meaning there's not enough promotion for Indian chai either within India or globally. But I don't want to be left hanging when it comes to my favourite drink. So I caught up with Bala Sarda, co-founder of Vadam Tea, a multi-generation homegrown tea and spice company, but one that he's given a contemporary twist. I remember when I was looking to start the brand in the next 2-3 months, one CMO of a very big CPG company, in fact, told me when I told him the story that this is what I want to do and I want to take India to the world. Uh, you know, we deserve an Indian brand. He told me not to put India in our positioning because he said people will not trust the product. They will not trust the brand. They will not buy your brand. Right. And I told them, you know, that's exactly what we are trying to do. Uh, secondly, and most importantly, I think India deserved a homegrown brand which could retain value here at source in India, which has multiple benefits. Why are Vadam and other new age startups like T-Box fighting so hard to be a homegrown brand when bulk exports are much more profitable? Tea is actually one of the largest employees of labor in India. And the entire industry has been plagued with a lot of problems. We know that already. Uh, you know, a lot of estates are shutting down in several regions. A lot of estates are actually not making money. They are struggling. Farmer wages are not going up. And it is all connected to the fact that there is no value addition happening in India, right? Historically, you know, the tea prices uh, from India have actually not gone up the way they should have or, or they've not been proportionate to inflation and an alpha over inflation is what you expect for any industry to flourish. And the main reason for that has been, uh, you know, most of Indian teas, if you look at, uh, you know, since, since Britishers planted tea here in India, uh, has been exported at single-digit margins by bulk exporters to foreign brands, you know, then package it, brand it, and sell it at multiple X margins, whereas our Indian exporters make a single-digit margin, uh, if not more, uh, on these exports, right? That 
also does not give them any leverage over their partners, right? When India's teas are not branded or marketed, it is considered as any other commodity. And when farmers increase prices due to obvious reasons like seasonal factors or commercial issues, importers of other countries will look for cheaper bulk tea alternatives from Kenya or Sri Lanka. Like you see, because there's no importance of India origin tea. Honestly, there is high trust with origin products. You know, again, that is something which is out there. We all want to buy wine from France, chocolates from Switzerland, whiskey from Scotland. But for some reason, a Twinings of London, you know, sells more Darjeeling tea than probably any Indian brand. Uh, some foreign brand would sell more Indian chai tea than any Indian brand, right? Honestly, that makes no sense. It's India's time to take our products to consumers globally under a proud homegrown label. And it's also important to understand how the other markets, including the West, view India's upcoming homegrown brands. If you look at Western markets, the majority chunk of consumers who are willing to pay a premium for products which are coming direct from origin because they understand that products from origin actually help farmers in the local country earn a better livelihood, right? 95% of our sales are to mainstream Americans, mainstream Britishers, mainstream Europeans, in, and so on and so forth. So, so our journey tells us that, you know, consumers were looking for this. They want to buy a Darjeeling tea from Darjeeling and an Indian chai from an Indian brand and a turmeric from an Indian company. The present gain from capturing some of Sri Lanka's markets, argues Bala, may be short-lived if we fail to build and nurture our homegrown brand. Maybe even have a GI, Orange Pico from Darjeeling, Muscatel from Assam, or more importantly, Chai from India. From an India perspective, definitely it is an opportunity. But, but my strong sense is that if we continue to focus on bulk exports and believe that given Sri Lankan exports have become more expensive, right, or their ability to export has gone down for the short period of time and we sort of captured that through bulk exports, then my sense is it's going to be short-lived and it's just a tailwind. But if we as, as, as an industry can think of marketing Indian tea as a brand, you know, if private players like Vadam and, and you know, so many others, right, who are doing a wonderful job of at least trying to take Indian tea global under a homegrown brand, I think if we can do that well, then we can actually convert this opportunity into a long-term opportunity. Many big and small tea producers have realized the benefits of selling value-added teas. In fact, even in Goodrick, it's playing out. Change is always required. You see, even for us, we are now diversifying into different varieties of tea. We have just launched around a month back iced tea, organic iced tea. Then we are launching an instant uh, tea powder, masala chai. These things are, uh, since we have also got an instant tea plant, Goodrick also has got a, uh, one of the major, only producers which has got its own instant tea plant. So that those things we have come into the market now. However, from an exporter perspective, there are some challenges to selling well-packaged branded teas as against selling bulk teas. Well, there has been no hesitation from the exporters' front. So you see, most of these importing countries, yeah. to protect their own industry, have different import duty structures for bulk teas and packet teas. Okay. For example, in Kazakhstan, I can say there's a 10% import duty on packet tea. There is bulk tea, there is no import duty. So there is a, a economic disadvantage 
for that country to import belly added teas. And in order to promote the domestic packing industry, they encourage the packing to happen there as per their standards and to give more employment there. So this is one of the reasons why India has not been successful in the growth of value added teas. But it really doesn't matter as long as the global consumer drinks Indian chai, we are happy. Is it really fair to just call out the tea producers and say that the transition towards making branded teas and promoting them is necessary? The government should also play a bigger role, right? I mean, every industry like travel, tourism, EVs, and even eggs at one point, and others got a big push and promoted by the government. Why isn't Chai Picharcha a big campaign at within India and beyond? There are two parts of the India tea story, right? One is the kind of tea we consume in India, which is which is called chai, the dooth ki chai, which is your CTC tea primarily, right? That's the the lowest grade of tea. Eighty percent of that is is made in India and it is consumed in India, right? The challenges were that why is it not available in formats like coffee, right? You could go and get a coffee in a hygienic environment in a mall. Uh, uh, Starbucks and a cafe coffee, they were selling you that. But the chai, which the dooth ki chai, why can't you get that in an environment you want? That I think Chaios and Chai Point are doing an incredible job. And I think we have a great future there. The second part of this story, Anu, is the high quality tea, the orthodox tea is how you call it, which gets exported out of India, which is the high value product, right? There, the marketing you need to do is, is very different from a chai pe charcha, right? Because they don't understand chai the way we understand chai in India, right? For them, chai is basically orthodox. It is consumed either straight, sometimes with milk, primarily premium things like black teas, green teas, herbal teas, oolong teas, white teas. Again, my strong sense is marketing from a category perspective is not required because Tea is a, I don't know, 40, 50 billion dollar market. Indian tea is getting consumed by these people. But telling them that tea from India in global markets, I think campaigns around that, I think there, you know, if if, if, if we can do more, of course, you know, I think we can help private players. Right? Today, if Indian tea gets more recognition, we will get a direct impact as, as a consumer brand like Adam because we sell in a few thousand stores in the US. We are there across channels, right? Uh, but but like like I said, these are two different parts of the story. Clearly, that's where government bodies like the Tea Board of India need to wake up and smell the tea. Tea Board is also in charge of giving subsidies for uh, replanting. You see, industry, if you do not invest money in the industry, it's not going to die. So earlier on, the Tea Board's work also was to ensure that uh, the value addition is being done on the estates also. You have to keep uprooting uh, unviable tea area and plant with new tea area, which is a more productive, better quality. Those kind of initiatives were there and the tea board used to come and inspect and see whether the thing has been done and they used to give us a part of, uh, some part of the investment used to be subsidized and given by tea board. So those things have been stopped now, last two, three years because they said that they are not being allocated enough funds from Delhi. So so those things need to come back to the tea board and then, then only the industry is going to sustain itself. Otherwise, only the bigger players can sustain. And you see, the last uh, 10 years or 15 years, the bigger players are all falling, like, uh, I mean, all over the roadside, except for two, three players. The uh, rest of the people have all gone. So the industry will not be able to survive unless and until, uh, again, T-Boat comes with some kind of investment or uh, for development of the industry. From the oldest streets of Delhi to the newest tea points across the country, 
tea plays a significant and a unifying role in India. Did you know that back in the 18th century when China was dominating the tea production and when there were some trade issues the Britishers decided to trade opium from India in exchange for tea. This until they discovered tea in India in the plains of Assam, Darjeeling and Nilgiris and smelled a huge trade opportunity. Chai is not just a beverage. It pulls at the heartstrings of every second Indian that I know of. As much as the government policies need to be modernized, the myopia of several tea companies who chose short-term profits over long-term investments need to change. Every time there is an election in Bengal, Assam or even Tamil Nadu or Kerala, politicians come and start plucking tea with the ladies of the plantation for a photo op. Nobody's people become everyone's voters. Wanted to leave you with a number. Last year, an Assam varietal was sold at 1 lakh a kilo by contemporary brokers at an auction. In the same year, on the eve of International Women's Day, 2000 Assamese laborers took to the streets in their predominantly plantation-centric district in Assam under the All Adivasi Women's Association banner demanding a near doubling of daily cash wages to 351 rupees. as against the 50 rupees stop gap and the upward revision was approved on the poll leave by the sitting bjp government if the lowest common denominator does not prosper how can the trade thank you so much atul mohit and bala i'm your host bavya dilip kumar and you've been listening to storm in a teacup on the morning brief this episode was produced by dia reki from et and soundarya jayachandran from avas Sound editors Indranil Bhattacharjee from the Economic Times and Swati Joshi from Avas. Executive producers Anupriya Bahadur and Arijit Barman. Special thanks to Shutanuka Goshal. If you liked this episode please make sure to share it on your social media. The Morning Brief airs every Tuesday, Thursday and Friday. Do tune in to ET Play, our latest platform for all audio content including The Morning Brief. Thank you. Have a great day. All clips used in this episode belong to their respective owners. Credits mentioned in the description.